Is what we have perfect? No. What is? But it's a start, and a good one, Professor X. It is, Xavier. It is. It's doing good. You're yeah. doing great, man. You just, you just, are you building a whole nation, guy? Give yourself some slack. Welcome to the X-Wife Podcast. My name's Alicia. And I'm Justin. And today, we are talking about House of X number six, the last issue of House of X. I feel like we just started- Wait, the last issue ever? The last issue of House of X? House of X doesn't continue? Oh, did you not know that? No, I didn't know there was like literally only 12, ep- 12 issues of these two comics together. I thought that just the first, this was just the first 12. Nope. Sorry. Dagnabbit. Uh, so, I'll, I'll tell you- at this point, we would also know, and we'll talk about during our live episode, plug for the live episode, the six titles that come out of House of X and Powers of Ten. So House of X and Powers of Ten are a 12-issue, two-part miniseries event that then launch the new status quo of the X line of comics. Oh, I thought they were just two of the titles that continue on nope well okay that makes this book even more special yeah before we forget that plug for the live episode yes since we started recording our live episode has evolved yeah to say the least yeah with everything with covid and the holidays having to wrestle with that we won't be able to have our annual christmas party it made us get creative. So we merged the live show with our ugly sweater party and we're kind of just making it up as we go. Yeah. In true Justin and Alicia fashion, you have an idea, you attack that idea, and it becomes magic. Relentlessly until it just happens. <laughs> Such the way that Ugly Christmas, the original Christmas party, which is now Ugly Xmas, X hyphen mass, has been formed. So this fantastical party will take place on Saturday, December 19th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Search for the Ex-Wife Podcast on YouTube and we'll also have more information on our next episode. Yeah, we're planning to have guests, some games, prizes. We're actually in the midst of a handful of giveaways on our Twitter and Instagram. We have an improv portion and some Christmas shenanigans. And we're also, of course, going to be talking about the full series of comics that we've discussed on the podcast and get a little sneak peek about what's to come next. Which I am very excited about. Mm-hmm. Lastly, we're going to be talking about chimeras. So you'll get to hear ours, Justin and mine, and we will share a few of our favorites that y'all have submitted. Yeah, with that in mind, uh, we actually missed this last episode. We were going to share a couple of chimeras along the way. Oh, yeah. Um, here is a combo to get you thinking because you can still submit your chimera combination if you haven't yet already. Yes, and you can do that by emailing us at thexwifepodcast at gmail.com. Or, or following any of our social media accounts at the XWife Podcast. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Boom. Boom. Uh, so this comes from our friend Juan. Yes. Uh, Juan, Juan Juan is a good friend of ours, and he actually just started reading comics as well. 
Uh, which I thought was cool. And his answer. He didn't read comics before. I didn't know that. No, no, he was really into the movies, and you know, we talked in the animated shows, and ah, uh, Juan, my yeah. team. <laughs> well, he's joining <laughs> joining my team. Uh, so his his combo, Archangel. He said mainly for the flight and wings. Mm-hmm. Gambit because he's a personal favorite and just always liked the power and Kitty Pride, so you can phase through stuff. Oh, and so we kind of got into this back and forth combination uh, conversation. Does Archangel's throwing of the metal flechettes combine with Gambit's ability to kinetically charge? And he's like able to charge these flechettes and just. I feel like yes. Yes, absolutely, totally, absolutely good because that's already what I've been dreaming about. <laughs> that's already the answer. So that's good already, thing you agree. You got it right. And remember, you know, tell your friends if you're enjoying the podcast, share, give us a review, a rating that helps other people find us. We actually did get a third, our third rating. Oh my and gosh, review. three? Actually, no, we, we got our ninth rating. We have nine ratings. We have three reviews. We three got a reviews, third yes. review from Marvel Shwarma. Marvel Shwarma. Out of the sea of podcasts on the Marvel Universe, Justin and Alicia have come up with a new angle for talking about Marvel. Excellent! Exclamation point. Listen to it! Exclamation point. Ooh, that's so exciting! Right? I didn't tell Alicia this beforehand. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really great. Yeah. So that's super great. You know, if not to not to fish for compliments, but if you also if you want to leave us show, a compliment, you know, please do make our day because that was just just fantastic. I have to say, like from a personal standpoint, accepting compliments is something that I'm working on, so I'm gladly taking them from anyone who will give them. <laughs> That's the best way to ask for compliments. That's, I'm gonna, it's it's and it's one hundred percent true. I'm, That's the truth. I'm ask working, my friends. I'm working on being complimented. It's true. All right, well, what's the cover of the final House of X? The final House of X. And we do have one Powers of Ten after this, so there's one last issue. Yeah, 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 Powers of Ten, my brain. House I don't want to think X about that right six. now. <gasps> this is the standard cover with, yes! yeah, just a really Storm. epic shot of Storm, Emma Frost, and Exodus. And just this this lineup, this announcement of Storm, the excitement, the amphitheater of people behind them. This this just has Oh yeah, look at all those Cohen power, right? Oh Storm. Thank goodness. Mm. Happy to have you, girl. You and your badass self. Oh yeah. All right, now I'm I'm ready. Let's get into Let's it. Let's dive into it. Page turn noise. It's a start. It's a start. We're upside down. One month ago. Wait, one month ago in relation to what? <laughs> <laughs> so we're in House of X. Yes. So we're in year 10. Okay, so when we just ended in the last one was when they brought all those people back. Right. Right? So one month before. One month before, but it took them... I guess I'll find out if they've died yet or not. So this that's like one month. So one month before that mission. So when they died in that mission, they brought them back right away. There was none of I that waiting so. period. Know. I believe so. We don't know. We don't know if that, because we talked about this a couple issues ago, was that the first resurrection? Right. right. Okay. We don't, we only know what they tell us. So, and, and even then it's not the whole story because then they'll reveal something that makes you think, oh, something else. Right. Yeah. Oh, so Moira's you're looking. Moira's No Place. Yeah. We are in Moira's <laughs> No Place. And I love this top illustration, just what looks like. The underside of Krakoa, right? It's like a cool reverse reflection, right? Oh, the no place is like the upside, the upside down. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Shout out for Stranger <laughs> Things fans. So exciting. We need everyone in on this before we go live. Just total commitment. Are you guys in? And Xavier doesn't have his helmet on, doesn't have Cerebro on. Yet we still do not see his eyes. Right. And of course, yes, very well. And just this Magneto reaching out his message to Charles on the next page. Charles. Mm. Whatever there has been between us over the years, all our disagreements, all the anger at each other's relentless ideology and unyielding persistence, that ends today. You have my word. I love this image. I mean, I could, not that I don't respect Moira, but I could do without her in the background of this image. I mean, so I think that that is kind of an important inclusion is that she's always been in the background, right? You know, it's great to see Xavier and Magneto coming together like this, but this is only possible because of the knowledge that she has given to them. Right. In the context of this story. Right. I'm just talking about this image of Xavier and Magneto together, the way that their bodies are positioned, the way Magneto's hand is on his shoulder. The black and the white, the the yin and the yang of them. Yeah. The way Xavier's helmet is off, so he's fully present in that moment. Mm -hmm. Even better, in my opinion, if Magneto's helmet was off too and they were just completely open with each other, but that's just from... Magneto doesn't take his helmet off. Not anymore. But anyway, I just, I feel like you can really see the emotion Mm -hmm. and the feelings. Even in that shot, that third panel, where you can see a smile on Charles Xavier's face as he puts his hand on Magneto's hand. Yeah. It's very... Emotional. Emotional. So he puts on Cerebro, and what looks like some telepathic energy starts. Humans of planet Earth, which is... How? The first half of the statement that started issue one. Yes. So we're going to find out what the rest of that message was. And he reaches out to the humans of the planet Earth with a message of hope. And we see reactions from all around the world on this next page as Xavier's telling them about mutant drugs that we've made for you that in the past would have otherwise been gifts to create harmony between our people. That was my dream. And it was a lie. Isn't that a quote too? Did we hear that before? Moira told him that he was dreaming, dreaming the wrong dream, that he had the wrong idea in mind. And this last, this last quote on this page, all I ever wanted was to love you and for you to love us. That cuts deep. It cuts so deep. And now we see even more around the Marvel Universe. Hey-o. You got the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, the Sanctum Santorum. We kept saving you and you kept killing us. 16 million dead. So no gift. We'll let you pay for it. As long as you recognize Krakoa as a nation with a period of sovereignty and all mutants can claim citizenship. I feel so. like when you said that out loud, I was... It was as if I was a human hearing this. And the way you said, we'll let you pay for it, feels so much heavier than with money. Right. Like, we'll let you pay for it. Like, oh, snap. Yeah. What are we going to pay for it with? Right. In blood. Our lives. Human blood. Mutants will be judged by mutant laws from now on. These are our terms, and they're non-negotiable. While you slept, the world changed. And I, I love Ooh, this. I got a little goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Just these these last three panels on this one page. We are the future, an evolutionary inevitability, the Earth's true inheritors. You closed your eyes last night, 
believing this world would be yours forever. That was your dream. And like mine, it was a lie. Here is a new truth. While you slept, the world changed. So all the things that they've been building in the background, all this, the things that triggered Orcus to go out. Because you see on this page, these first three panels, these are all Orcus. Oh, yeah. Well, who's this guy? Who's this, this the, the one in orange? We don't know him yet. <laughs> I believe we've seen his name, but we haven't actually seen him. Fine. Title page. Oh, yeah. Yes, purple. I am not ashamed is the title of this issue. Written by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Pepe Larraz. Color arts by Marta Gracia and David Curiel. Curiel? Curiel? Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Designed by Tom Muller. We've got our editorial team, Annalise Bisa, Jordan White, and C.B. Sabolsky. And on the bottom, the House of Xavier, the Three Laws. The Three Laws? The Three Laws. Tell me more. Did I not do it? What? Page turn noise. Yeah, you did. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, oh, What was redacted but not just an episode ago, we now have an almost complete lineup of our Quiet Council of Kokoa. Is the Red Queen Scarlet Witch? She's not a mutant. Oh, yeah. She's not a mutant anymore. No. So we oh, see... Oh, so it's the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland? What? Come that on. That was a terrible joke. That was a terrible... That was... No. You were... Get out you of here. were fired. Potentially good with Scar- Scarlet Witch, <laughs> but then you just kept on going. So we, we get our almost full lineup of All the right. Quiet Council. This was T's last issue, Powers of Ten, number five. These seasonal divisions... What they could mean, we don't know, but there's definitely associations as we look at the members of the specific table. So we have Autumn, which is kind of like our leadership team, Professor X, Magneto, and Apocalypse. Look at this list, the names on this list, the winter list. These are all villains, traditional villains. You've got the Hellfire list in spring, and then you've got X-Men in summer, Storm, Jean Grey, and Nightcrawler. Storm, yes. Yeah. So Storm is on the Quiet Council. I love her. On the, Get it, Storm. The last bit on this talks about the great captains of Krakoa and the captain commander. And so these are kind of wartime protocols and who calls the f- shots in the field when there's times of battle. In the field, a captain has total control. Among the captains, the captain commander is considered first among equals. Which is Cyclops. Cyclops, it's your boy. Don't call Cyclops my boy. It's your boy. And then we have an updated diagram, which, again, fills in the circles of the ones that we know. Except for Krakoa. Except for Krakoa. And then adds in these four at the bottom who are our captains. Interesting. So we have have a full... Interesting, except this is the last issue. Well, I guess there's one more. There's powers of 10, one more, but... So you're reacting in the same way that my brother reacted after he read this book. We, We bought him this book for Christmas. Yes. And he was like, it was great. It was really good. But it felt like it ended abruptly. This is not the end. This is literally a 12-issue beginning of this story, right? So while it's going to end in an issue, your face right now. I I want my ducks in a row. (laughs) I want to know what's happening. I want to be set up nice, nice. You're not going to know who the Red Queen is until a couple issues into one of the stories. Let me ask you you something about the Red Queen, okay? Though I won't know who she is, do I know who she is? Yes, you know the character who is the Red Queen. We have not seen her yet. Hmm. Hmm. 
That's all I'll tell you. You're not going to tell me like anything else? That's all I'll <laughs> tell you. What colors are costume? Is it red? Obviously. <laughs> I've been Googling red costumed X-Men. Then you're going to find it. <laughs> her, right. co- her costume is not traditionally red, but it is as she becomes the Red Queen. Anyway. Is she a villain? Stop it. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Moving on. Ooh. Yeah. Which is this gathering of Look the council. At this council table. I'm assuming this is for the first time, and I believe it actually is confirmed that it's for the first time later on. But just look at Krakoa in the background on that big spread. Little Doug. Little Doug in his perch. Doug's just chilling. Just chilling in his little Krakoa bush. Welcome and please be seated. I love the, the design of this X in the middle and the tables all around it, divisions of their seasons. Yeah, that's... That's awesome. And then now you see the first visual of their seasons, right? So the X-Men sitting together on one side, the open spot in the Hellfire, Sebastian Shaw being a pompous douche, the allies as a (laughs) polite way of referring to the formerly villain side of the table of Sinister, Exodus, and Mystique. And then you have your your three big leaders. I love love these panels where they're all sitting in their sections of the table yeah think about each person has so so much much personality so much character the way they're sitting the way mystique is disinterested the way the sinister is like yeah eating every word i want to just like go through them all okay like nightcrawler to me nightcrawler is like okay i'm ready i'm here to learn right he's probably he's praying right now even the look of his hands is praying Mm -hmm. and he is like so honored to be here ready to do the best he can I feel like Jean is like, all right, I'm here for this. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Been here, done this. Like, I'm ready. Storm and is ready and questioning. Storm is Storm is so amazing. I feel like Storm has this quiet. Um, what is the word I want? Confidence, leadership. Yeah, she just she's strong Aura. and she's present. Like she radiates this present and this presence and authority. The way, but she's very quiet about it. Yeah, the way that when she was doing the presentation of the resurrected, and how like the the ceremonial like ha 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 when when she was talking to M. <laughs> yeah, the the character that she has in those those panels. Yeah, it's just that I feel like Storm. She knows so much. She's capable of so much, but she she's. Not really holding back. She only but, uses it when she needs to. Right. She's she's prepared and she's ready, but she's not over the top about it. And so, like, obviously, you know Storm as a character, but you don't really know the deep backstory of Storm right. and the period of time where she was leader of the X-Men, fought Cyclops in a one-on-one battle, and beat him without, without powers. Without powers. You told me that before. Right. And that's one of the issues that we got signed by Chris Claremont when we met him, issue 201 of Uncanny X-Men. I just think Storm is amazing. Yeah. Okay. And then, yes, Empty Seat. And then Emma, who's like, I'm here, but like, I kind of already know stuff. Yeah, and right. like. That's I'm why just, she's smiling so much. She's, she's in. like, I'm ready for this. Let's let's go, y'all. I think it's interesting, the physical body language and the facial connection between her and Jean. Mm-hmm. Wait, so are they sitting across the table from each other? I'm not sure, but they're sitting at different sections of table if you look at this page, right? Right, but I, that's what I meant, like, no. So it looks like Mystique, it, Mystique's group is directly across from Jean's group. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why I was thinking. I was asking if they're like making eye contact. Gotcha. And then Sebastian Shaw just kind of looks like a vampire to me. He's kind of like little, he's disinterested in what he's doing with that little handkerchief. Yep. Mr. Sinister looks giddy with excitement. Like, hmm, okay, Always. let me see what's going to happen now. I've got new friends and I'm sitting really, at a table. I don't really know anything about this Exodus man. Yeah, like I, like I said, he's uh, he was from the early 90s. He was a part of Magneto's Acolytes. Last issue, we saw him with the Acolytes and Xavier reaching out to him. He became Magneto's secondhand man, replacing Fabian Cortez. He's an Omega-level telekinetic, so he was on the list of Omega-level mutants. He's really powerful. Uh, his powers actually get enhanced when he and others believe in him. Isn't that special? He has healing slash resurrection abilities for himself and others, as well as superhuman durability, immortality, and telepathy. Dang. And I believe also like teleportation. He's crazy powerful. That's awesome. And then there's Mystique. And she looks like the kid in class who doesn't really, like in your group project, who doesn't really want to be there, but knows that she has to be. That's how I feel about her body language. And then the three, they're ready to go. Xavier's, you know, he's calling over to Doug. Whenever you're ready, Douglas. Magneto and Apocalypse are just like... At attention. They're just ready. They're ready. They're somber. I don't know if somber is the right word. Mm-mm. They're poised. Yes. Release the hounds, big guy. They are here as Nightcrawler seems to infer for the oldest kind of business on this planet, judgment. And Sabretooth is released from what looks like a Krakoan stasis pod into the center of this council. And he's Wait, pissed. Hounds? Does he mean that literally? What do you mean? Aren't hounds mutants that were created? Oh, no, that's not. That's, he just means like that word saying, choice. like, yeah. release the hounds. Release the okay, hounds, I yeah. was like, oh, what? No. So hounds are in the future, technically. Okay. Hounds were in year 100. But yes, and and hounds connects to you know other mutants as well. But yeah, so he's pissed. He doesn't know what is this, what's going on. You know, things are going to turn red real quick. Magneto rebuttals this this is the establishment of a nation ours and oh look at that magneto took his helmet off yeah and he's talking about this establishment of the nation and we need laws but not the old laws of man the new ones of mutants and i I love this point it kind of sets up sinister to react but xavier says you know everyone here doesn't necessarily represent the perfect ideals of society and what they should be based on. And Sinister turns to Exodus. Is he talking about me? If he is, I don't care. I won't be ignored. I have ideas. Nobody puts Sinister in the corner. Nobody. <laughs> and Exodus is just not having it. He's, Speak to me again. <laughs> and you do so at your own peril. And, and so that helps set up this idea where Sinister says, you know, mutants can't kill mutants. There should, there should be a law about that. And Apocalypse doesn't like that. You know, how... How can it be a crime to kill someone who can't be killed? How will you ever be tested? Classic apocalypse, right? I mean, apocalypse, just because we can bring the people back doesn't mean that we want to be continuously bringing the people back. Right. And killing someone should have consequences regardless of whether or not they can be brought back. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's basically Storm's face continuing just the just the poised anger. And Gene, and they're just reacting to this ridiculousness. And they're basically saying, if, if we want the ultimate good, then the opposite should be true. 
we can't murder a man, a human. Mm-hmm. The highest crime would be killing someone who cannot come back like we can, killing a human. And Mystique kind of finds the rebuttal of, you know, what happens when they come for us. And Magneto tells her, you know, this isn't in terms of war. Obviously, the argument of it's not murder if it's done in defense of a nation. What we're talking about is cold-blooded murder. And so they basically go around and ask, you know, do, do everybody agree with this? This is agreed as the first law. No mutant shall take the man, uh, the life of a man. And Sabretooth is pissed. He recognizes he's about to be made an example of because of what he did on that mission. Well, that's kind of unfair. I mean, granted, I know we've talked before, Sabretooth shouldn't be willy-nilly killing killing people. Right. However, killy. So, <laughs> however, you you can't be like, all right, here's here's the deal, okay? What is the word? Redactive laws? Or? No, no, the blanket Clause, amnesty. Amnesty, okay. You can't say there's amnesty for everyone and then Sabretooth goes and does these things and then Emma goes and gets him from jail and court and he's like, you're coming with me and then bring him to this room where all these people sit around and they say, you know what? It should be a law that you can't kill anybody and now we're going to punish you for killing somebody. Well, that's what he's saying. That's what he's upset about. Well, I... Good, you should be upset. You yeah. you can't inflict punishment for something that someone did in the past on a law that was just created. But also, at the time of them stealing that information, it was clear that sh- that he was doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. That he was taking some directions and going a little bit off the rails. That he was doing things indulging in himself, right? So they were sent on that mission deliberately told not to kill people and not mm-hmm. to create a big mess you know toad even mentioned how he spent a lot of time making it look like they had never been there so that no one would know which is kind of counterproductive counterproductive because Sabretooth is slashing people to bits and i mean i'm not saying that Sabretooth shouldn't be punished i'm just saying from the standpoint of creating creating a law and then punishing someone retroactively yeah it's questionable yeah yeah and so he starts rebuttaling and Emma says, quiet. And he gets blah, blah, blah. And then Jean says, quiet. And then the drool and Sinister loves it. I have to say, it's the drool that really brings the whole outfit together. This is fun. <laughs> What's next? Somebody shock me. <laughs> and so they, I really have a growing appreciation just, for uh, Mr. Sinister. I, I literally wrote down Sinister, all caps, exclamation point. <laughs> Sebastian Shaw, of course, wants to talk about wealth and property rights. And Doug kind of chimes out, hey, uh, small point, Krakoa is alive. This is not just a place that we are living living on. You know, tread lightly on the whole owning property idea. Storm and Emma kind of go back and forth of this idea. If you want to own property, do it out in the world. Like, we're not shut off from the world. We can still go and do things. But Exodus has a really nice point about this is sacred mutant land. It's living and giving us life. This should be sacrosanct. I mean, that's... That's true. Yeah, that's a great point, you know? The great words of Pocahontas, the earth is... You think the earth is just a dead thing you can claim. Well, Krakoa is not a dead thing you can claim. Krakoa is a mutant of them, too. You know, it's one one to be recognized as one of them and one that has a lot of power in this council as a... Right. I mean, if there was no Krakoa, there'd be be no no Krakoa. Sure. 
well said, you know, that's, does everyone agree? Good. You know, this is, that's the start. And Mystique is like, uh, excuse me, but before we are done, I would like to hear from the more righteous among us, <laughs> someone who believes in a higher power than Xavier. So Kurt, what's your godly wisdom? Kind of does that little pensive to his face. So, you know, Kurt, highly religious person, was a, a priest at one point. Mm-hmm. It's obvious, Raven, he quotes some scripture, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. It's obvious, isn't it, Raven? We need to make more mutants. That's kind of finalized as, yeah, that's absolutely, we need this. It's not perfect, but it's a start. And we have that data page of the first three laws. Make more mutants, murder no man, respect the sacred land. And I thought it was interesting. These are not the order that they came up with them, right? Right. Make, make more mutants was last. Murder no man was first. Respect this sacred land was second. Well, there's there's a couple of things. One, it's probably order of priority. Mm-hmm. And two, it flows nice yeah. when you say it like this. I thought it was interesting to think of if it's in pri- order of priority and to still, even though respect this sacred land is third, the addition of sacred into that as a statement, right? Like you could have just said respect this land. I feel like respect this sacred land gives it a lot of power even mm-hmm. being at the third point. And make more mutants in my mind is interesting because that's not necessarily just referring to making them in the traditional sense. Right. In my mind. Now you have the smirking geneticist at the table who has his previous history and replication processes. Mr. Sinister. Right. And so so what do we do about Sabretooth? Does he get a second chance or does he serve as an example? And everyone across the board in in character agrees. And I just love Magneto being the angry dad. I gave you strict instructions when I sent you on your mission. And you did not listen. You made your bed, Creed. Let your sleeping in it serve a higher purpose. And everyone either agrees or just doesn't care. <laughs> Sinister. So long, pack light. Safe travels too far away. <laughs> yes. And, and Sabretooth's pissed, right? You, you've really made him mad. And he is threatening. Like, I am going to kill you. I am going to kill your kids and their kids. I am going to exterminate your line. Oof. Ooh, this image on the next page of, like, Krakoa's roots yeah. or whatever grabbing him. And yeah. Xavier's just standing just there. Just not threatened yeah. at all. Yeah, absolutely. And And, you know... Douglas initiates a non-lenient sentencing as he, he kind of voices to Krakoa. Bad news. It looks like leniency is out the window. And so he starts pulling him into what looks like a pit in Krakoa. Oh, dear. We can't send you back into the world. We don't want prisons on Krakoa. And you'd be resurrected if we sentenced you to death. So you will be exiled deep into Krakoa in stasis potentially forever which i feel like is like you were saying last issue with namor mm-hmm. this is a seed this is a yeah deep this is seed. totally like we're gonna leave this here i mean this whole mini series has just been seeds seeds planting and, little seeds yeah, bloop, bloop, it's bloop. like here's my garden here's my brand new garden and look at all these seeds I watch planted. it grow baby watch it grow okay but Her however call. i would just like to point out 
it says, oh, if we kill you, you'd be brought back. They don't have to bring him back. That's true. I, like, I wonder I wonder how they would amend the resurrection protocols. Or, is that just, so that's the... Process of that the is five. The, and, the benefit of Krakoa that is, the, that is part of it is this Krakoan nation for all mutants. Mutants shall never die now. So that that's why he's saying we can't kill you because it's part of our code that if we kill you we have to bring you back it's like the understanding of being a mutant now is that you basically are eternal all mutants Mm -hmm. are eternal so they can't make that decision to kill someone right so their punishment is we're gonna so what are they gonna do if they get a bunch of other villains they're just gonna throw them all in this deep dark pit of krakoa together so that they can rise up from Krakoa and take over we'll see seems a little foolish this is this is the first time and even where I'm reading this is the only time we've seen of something like this a punishment like this all right sorry there was there was reference of something you know potentially needing to lead to this but this is the first and only time that I've seen it perhaps one day a time might come when you have an opportunity to redeem yourself but that time is not now and until it is yeah, that's exile seeds, seeds for your future. For sure, yeah. Sabretooth will totally be back, but in a really interesting way, and as a very specific narrative point. Also, I just want to say I think it's a little bit odd that they're deciding on laws. They've created, they've taken the time to create this council, and they're deciding on the laws of the the nation without their twelfth member. This- Seems like a big big thing to do to big do oversight yeah. all this hubbub about getting everybody together and well, doing all of that and then you're going to sit and decide on your first three laws without your full council there the interesting point was did xavier initially have someone else in mind because emma said i'll be needing three seats versus the two like i need a, an, a third seat on this council that i get to fill so who was his who was his planned oh so- right who seat was going to go in that seat right hmm. and just He's recognizing, Xavier is recognizing the weight of what it is that they're doing around the table. This, it's distasteful, this business of running a nation. You got to bring the hard rules. Got to do what you got to do, Xavier. Everyone's leaving Can't their table. Can't be everyone's table. favorite. What, what was the first assemblage of the Quiet Council of Krakoa? I pray we never get used to making these difficult decisions or enjoy making them. And he does this metaphor of a, a parent with a new child is said to never get a good night's rest. And the scene unfolding is just this giant party as everyone celebrates this birthed nation, this new coming together of all mutants. I like looking down at the little silhouettes and being like, hmm, can I tell who any of these mutants are? And there's like one who looks like he's on fire. So maybe that's like. Oh, that's that looks like it's Glob. Oh. That's Glob Herman. He's not on fire. That is just his gushy exoskeleton. And then I'm assuming this is Angel. The Looks wings. Like him. Yep. Looks like him. But we'll actually see a couple more. Yo, that's totally Banshee. Where? The one who's like sprawled out like an X. Or maybe not because there's a couple of them. And he doesn't have any like the little kind flaps. of capelet things. Yeah. Well, on that second page on that spread, we actually see Banshee in the second panel. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and we even see his daughter. Siren. All these peeps is just partying. Hey, that purple dude. He's one of the five. Prote- Proteus, yep. I think um, even that might even be Elixir too. And that's Gold Balls. So this might, these are actually all of the five right here. That's Hope. That's Tempest, Eva Bell. And they're all kind of hanging out together. 
and just the the text boxes as Xavier is continuing this connection to a parent that never gets a good night's sleep after having a child. I've had millions of children and I haven't slept in decades. I may never sleep again, but the same will not be true for them. They will. He's talking about like all the people that he's brought here, all the, all the people that they've created this nation for. It'll be different for them. Yeah. And then he even he's even talking, you know, as they go further and seeing these kind of a lot of cameos of different people coming together. And, and this. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm laughing at Wolverine with his arms around Scott and Jean, just yeah. like, hey, we're just hanging out, having a party. You, even Cyclops has his hand on Wolverine's stomach. Yeah. And you, you have you have some. So this this top corner, you have Archangel. So that must not have been Angel because this is archangel that seems like an inconsistency right because he had been resurrected as angel angel and the next time we see him he is angel which isn't for a while but he is yeah Uh oh yeah a little back forth uh so but we have archangel iceman and beast the other three original of the five um exodus and these kids by the fire which i didn't recall seeing this in this issue but this actually comes back later on in issues oh, cool. of X-Men. And Wolverine kind of grabbing the beers and, and handing a beer to who this character is on the that bottom panel. That's Gorgon, who we'll learn more about later on. But they have a history. Is this person? Yes. One of the people? Yes. That's that he's like summoned. courting when he's courting the evils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was Gorgon. Okay. And I feel like a lot of the significance of the the beer passing, right? You have what yeah. were some some historical connections, you know, this this rivalry between Emma and Jean over Scott, and even as Emma kind of, or Ooh. even even as oh, I remember one day I said something about the love triangle, and you said it was really like a love square or something, yeah, because yeah. Emma's in the mix. Mm-hmm. And and Jean and Emma have had, you know, a lot of falling out because of that. And just the passing of this beer kind of signifying more characters coming together. We get a little Jubilee right there on the bottom corner. Oh, hey, Jubilee. And then you got Havoc and Cyclops doing brother stuff. And then just everybody's celebrating, you know, this, the the words that they're saying on these pages, we're giving them a home, a nation, a future. And someday soon, the world. I believe in what we're doing and that the world will benefit. This makes it worth the burden of creating this place, of doing the work that we're doing. It's more than that. In fact, it's a reason to celebrate. And this last page is like apocalypse sleeping under a tree. Magneto and Charles together. On Pride Rock. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just look at what we have made. Everything the light touches. Is our kingdom. Is our kingdom. Charles. And then we have a data page of a map. Hey, I've seen this map before. You've seen this map before, but it has what looks like Krakoa Atlantic. Before we had been looking at Krakoa Pacific, there are two islands now. Huh? Krakoa has the ability to continue to grow and you plant more seeds, you get more spacing. So you flip the next page. Krakoa Pacific. And then we have a a readout of all the places on these two islands. 
some of the names that we've seen before, some of those places we've seen before, but an additional island in an additional place on the earth. Hellfire Bay. Yeah. There, there's more to Krakoa than what we know. 18. You don't get to know what 18 is. Oh, Krakoa. On our last page, oh. just look at what we have made. I don't have that page. Sad. Well, the last page is a quote, the quote page from Magneto. Just look at what we have made. Wow. Okay, so overall thoughts, not too much happened. Was a, a, that was the first thing that I wrote. It was a quieter issue. You know, it was definitely more focused on introducing a bigger thing. Right, and in the grand scheme of things, after a powers of 10 issue, you generally, that's very dense, you generally need a palate cleanser to yeah. be able to like slowly process, still move the story forward, but yeah. not overwhelm your reader. So, And that small bit that was introduced in the last issue of The Quiet Council has now been greatly expanded. Right. right? We know 11 out of the 12 members. We now have three laws. We've deliberated the use of some of that law, and we've shown a little bit more of this big island and the celebrations happening within it. Right. So in the grand scheme of things, a lot happened in that like laws were created. We saw the council, a decision was made about Sabretooth, right. but just in a, like it was just basically could have all happened in like one afternoon. Yeah. You know? Right. It felt more condensed. It was, it was, there wasn't a lot of action, you know? Yeah. And then I think all of those images, you know, the dialogue very much spread out or the, mm-hmm the narration spread out over the course of all of these pages of seeing all these mutants is a, I'm assuming it's a way to introduce you or kind of do a wash of the mutants that are going to be involved in, would you say six titles that come out of? Some of them are, yeah. But then also the idea of the specific mutants that they showed challenging or building new relationships where others had already been right so there had previously been some history between wolverine and gorgon the fact that he's now giving him a beer you know this idea of gene scott and emma and kind of washing away all your previous right acknowledging the fact that there's history here but then you're starting anew in some way wouldn't it be nice if the world could actually do that Yeah, so I, I thought this it was it felt like a quieter issue. It was more focused. Introduced that the council as the government started to establish the government as well as the nation itself. You know, I feel like this was the first time we felt that Krakoa was more than just the mutant. It's uh, also nice every once in a while. I mean, although it wasn't really a happy issue for Sabretooth, it was nice just to move the story along without any like death or destruction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to just let the pieces come together. So to see a handful of things that have been introduced in other issues come together, intersect, and get a little bit more information on. You know, obviously, beautiful art. I think oh, yeah. there's a lot of intrigue on the council members, where these characters will lead us narratively, The just the division of the different seasons, the, the collection of these characters specifically. I, I like the great captain's idea, and, and I'm interested to see how that plays out. And I just, I feel like Sabretooth feels like the longest game setup of anything. And Apocalypse Under the Tree gave me some, just some vibes, just some, like, what's he up to? What's he doing? Yeah, he's in, he's, he has a subplot Always. brewing. All of the images, when the council is talking, mm-hmm. they just look, look like little council trading cards. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like you could pick your favorite of every person in their thinking mode or their what they're interjecting and you have What counsel. point of view of government do you represent? Who are you? Yeah. Sebastian Shaw's capitalism. Who are you? Oh, Sebastian Shaw, go away. All right. Well, we right. Only, so we What only, about you? What did you have any other thoughts? Or, we we kind of talked about it. Yeah, the uh, Yeah, I mean smaller scale issue. Did you notice the uh Oh, yeah, the crew that you've got over there. The action figures I have specifically pulled out for today and the last couple of issues. Uh, these are some surprise members of our council. Mystique. We're joined in the studio today <laughs> by Mystique, Apocalypse, and Mr. Sinister. Oh, Emma Frost is there too. Yep. She was hidden by Mr. Sinister's fabulous cape yep. from my perspective. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have anything else to add about about the issue. I fully understood it. That's good. And I do like that it is wrapping up. I'm interested to see what the powers of 10 issue sort of the leaves last. the last issue of this mini series which was also something we learned in this episode. Right, also something we learned that <laughs> this, this is this ends and does not continue. But I think as much as I've enjoyed getting the overall story and the setup of this world, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited for what comes next to be able to just have have a, a world and a story to live in mm-hmm. and not be trying to wrap my head around like bouncing around between time timelines and or time points points or whatever you want to call them storylines and and figuring out like where am i which one which one am i in what's going on how did this set up where yeah, are we left off like, that definitely stops after this oh that's great okay yeah. all right i can at least handle. to a degree you know that once we finish establishing the base point we then play in that world right and that i'm really excited about yeah i want to play in that world i want to know what the other titles are i want to dive in well you'll have to wait till our live episode which is our episode after next episode on youtube check out our social media and website for more information and updates it'll be there pop pop all right well until then if you want to connect with us you can find us at the ex-wife podcast on facebook instagram and twitter and a website and the website the ex-wife podcast Dot com. You can also shoot us an email at theexwifepodcast at gmail.com if you have thoughts, feelings, questions that maybe you want to uh, toss into our live episode. And, um, you know, until next time, old friend. Charles. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.